a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast brought to you by Fly Racing. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. As always, get it on iTunes. Get it on Stitcher. Get this show on any uh, podcast app out there. As well, uh, Steve Mathis Classics 1, 2, and 3. Always uh, search those for some great archives and everything else. I get a lot of you people tweeting me. Saying, hey, where's the Jeff Ward podcast? Well, it's in the classics, so go there and check it out. Flyracing.com, the Carbon F2 helmet, straight out of the box, onto the track. Guys like uh, Millsaps and Baggett, Pike, Canard, they uh, take this helmet, they run it, and uh, it's got MIPS and uh, a bunch of different colors, some signature Canard, signature Pike helmets, and uh, please check them out. Flyracing.com. Okay, as always, I'm Steve Mathis. With me, not on the phone, but in studio here in Vegas. It's the 20th year of Racer X magazine, and uh, lots of cool things going on. We we talked about it in the latest issue. In studio, Davey Coombs. What's up, Davey? How are you? I'm just noticing the fact that there's no Racer X magazines in this whole office. <laughs> but I see uh, every year of MXA, dirt bike, dirt rider. Is Kiefer, is Kiefer part of this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where's I'm, Kiefer? I've, I've now been officially fired right now. <laughs> Um, I bought all those from a guy in Hemet uh, for 50 bucks. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't so bad. But, uh, hey, congratulations, 20 years of Racer X magazine. Everybody knows, of course, it started from a newspaper uh, back in the day. It's 20 years old now, and uh, and looks like it's better than ever with, with the latest, like the Roxon cover we did. Caleb Russell's on the latest cover. Um, we all know about the kind of the, the, the newest history of it, but so – you were a good pro rider, a good amateur rider. You went to college. You eventually realized, hey, I'm not going to make it. Your mom and dad, legendary promoters in the, in the East Coast, were you, were you always going to do a magazine, or were you going to follow mom and dad in the promoting business? Like, what made you start the magazine I, you know, it's or good, the newspaper? Good question. I was never going to be a promoter. Oh, okay. Uh, I was going to be a lawyer or, oh, okay. a, or a school teacher. Yeah, yeah. And, and, um, you know, we, we, we joke about it, and I, I really enjoyed your podcast with uh, Brock Glover about uh, Dogger uh, going to the Hall of yeah. Fame. But I mean, we were on the Hall of Fame call. I reminded my uh, uh, fellow um, mm. members of our little group uh, that Ron Lachine put me in college. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, by the, not, by, you know, right. not with a scholarship yeah. or anything, but by literally showing me that I was never going to yeah. be as good uh, good, go, enough, good enough rider to make you, it as a You pro. go to Ponca, you go to Loretta's, you're a very fast amateur rider. And this yeah, kid I, for- I, I beat Ronnie in 81. In 82, I couldn't, I couldn't see him. <laughs> right, right. So like, in 83, he's winning Supercrosses. I'm in the 11th grade. <laughs> right, right, right. You're like, so, yeah. Uh, but uh, no, I, uh, uh, it was funny. My, um, because I was a 
grew up in a home of uh, promoters. Mm-hmm. Uh, your parents have to have a lot of skills. You know, dad knows how to drive a tractor. Dad knows how to talk on the phone. Dad knows how to sell a sponsorship. Mom knows how to design a poster. Mom knows how to write a press release. Uh, and they taught my brother and sister and I other skills like photography and how to write press releases. My, Mm -hmm. my sister carries the oldest and, uh, she also became a lawyer, but, um, she, Picked up photography because Dad said I need I need, I need photos. I, I need a PR person. <laughs> right, right. And 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 then she actually was the one who got me into photography. Okay. And uh, she went to high school and college and left her camera and I picked it up and realized that I could I could make money uh, covering local races. Sure. I would win the A class or, or ride in the A class yeah. with guys like Jeff Glass, Mike Jones, David Hand, Tommy Carson, my brother. Right. You know, good guys. Yeah. yeah. And 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 it was cutthroat in District Five. But I was making more money than those guys because I, I would I would go out with my gear after a, a moto <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. and and shoot the right. the five hundred class or whatever. Would, would you sell it to Cycle News then, or we, what were you? Back then okay. there was Cycling East, Cycle okay, News, yeah. and my dad would give me you know thirty okay. bucks yeah, or yeah. something. Yeah. So um, they we ended up building a dark room in the house, and I started fooling around with the idea of doing a. a Programs and okay. magazines, and uh, by this point, I'm, I'm I've met Fran Coon. Yeah, He's, were you always subscribing to MXA and Dirt oh God, Rider? Oh yeah. Dirt, okay, From, so you were always into magazines. I I, yeah. I have every. Um, I got into magazines. My my dad sort of discovered, you know, in, in a family way. We discovered motocross when the movie on any Sunday came okay, out. Right. My dad was like totally into it. That uh, he saw the movie on Thursday. He was at the motocross races on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, um, and and buying every magazine he could. Okay, so you've it. always read magazines. Oh god, all, yeah. yeah. And so, I have all of them. Right. I'm looking at your little collection yeah, here, yeah, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't know those ones in the office were yours, or whether you'd purchase them later. Or no, oh, those, no are, those are all yours. Which the ones in the back? Yeah, in the back room there. They're all mine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, all right. I, I didn't oh know no, no, no. I, I take that back. It was, when I bought the Dick Miller collection, when I bought the Super Hunkies collection, okay. I, I you know got all their stuff. Those okay. guys retire and rather than that stuff just going to waste yep. in a in a storage facility somewhere. Or, I'm like, whatever, uh, yeah. I could I could make use of this. <laughs> okay. So, so anyway, so um, Fran Co- Fran Coon for you to meet him, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. But, but but the guy I met first, as far as a big journalist go, yeah. was um, it was Super Hunky. Oh, okay. And, and, and Rick Simon, you know, you have to you have to remember, a 1980 dirt bike was far bigger than than any other magazine out there. And 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 my dad, because he was running these really big off road races back east, like the Blackwater 100, figured out that if he bought Super Hunky a plane ticket. <laughs> Yeah. To cover the yeah. race, yeah. that he'd, he'd get the, you know, yeah. and then Super Hunky would come back east, and, and sometimes he'd bring Paul Clipper. Uh, and and he'd the bring stories he would write Tom, about racing them. Yeah, Tom <laughs> Webb, and he, he called my, my dad the devil with blue eyes and, <laughs> and wrote these really good stories. But through that, I, I got to meet, like, the Beatles yeah. of, of journalism yeah. back then, which was, I, I believe, the, the dirt bike crew of yeah. Super Hunky, Wolfman, you know, Tom Clip, Webb, yeah. Paul Clipper, Clipper and, yeah. and uh, Mr. Know-It-All. And, uh, Wait, wasn't Mr. Know-It-All... Vic Krause. Wasn't he Super Hunky? No, Mr. Know-It-All was Vic Krause. <laughs> oh, you just dropped a bomb on yeah. me. I thought he was Super Hunky. No, Mr. Know-It-All was Vic Krause. Oh, wow. My world's just been rocked. Yeah, wow, Okay, man. I thought you it actually was... read these magazines? Yeah, I thought it seemed like it was Super Hunky making fun of 80 Riders. That's what uh, I thought. <laughs> well, maybe it, it evolved okay. over the years. But, but, but it was Vic Krause. Okay. It was Vic Krause. From yeah. the Sprocket guy? Sprocket guy from okay. Chicago. Okay, all right. Yeah, because Super Hunky was actually from Pennsylvania. So okay. that, that was the other thing that made it easy for him to come back to West Virginia. Right. So anyway, 
I, I was around these these people, and then and then um, Fran was from Philadelphia originally. Okay, and Fran came back east to cover the High Point National, and he started writing really nice you know things about it. And then and then my 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 lifelong adversarial relationship with Jody <laughs> kind of got really started in earnest whenever he came to uh, the first Loretta Lens. And in and, and honest opinion, yeah, he was right. Okay, but he said it was the best thing anyone ever did for a swamp. <laughs> <laughs> and that that was it was a swamp. Your dad was so pissed. It, it was, but 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 it motivated him to turn that thing into far sure. far more than a swamp. Yeah. yeah. And, and Jody and I are are good now. Right. We, we we joke about uh, you know bygones and, being bygones, and 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 but but we we work together, and I've come to really appreciate and respect some of the things he does, especially at, at Glen Helen. Right. But but uh, he's still got a, the sharpest pen of all. Yeah, he does. Um, so. You're, you're, yeah, you, if you go back through Cycling Lose Archives, which I have for a ton of stories, you're in there. Don Maeda's well, in there. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, there, there was a time Ken fought, Don Maeda, yeah. Paul, um, of course, Paul Carruthers. Yeah. We all went through the University of Clayton yeah. or whatever you want to call it. You know, Chuck Clayton, yeah. who, who founded it, and Sharon ran it. Yeah. But, but really, you know, those, those guys, Terry Pratt, uh, uh, of course, Kit Palmer, who, yeah. who, who, who will be in the Hall of Fame one day. Yeah, yeah I, I'll, I agree. I'll, I'll make damn sure. Yeah. Uh, his contributions, he's probably covered more races than anyone in history probably anyway um i would i would write for cycle news because i knew that it was cheaper for me to drive to broom tioga cover the race put six rolls of film on an airplane like delta dash and and drive home and and they loved it because i would you know because the i I would get i'd get it done sometimes i'd get it done like right at five o'clock much to paul carruthers dismay (laughs) uh i was I, i was i was never absent but I was always late. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and so, yeah, that's, that's how I kind of yeah. started yeah. spreading out. And, and, and then, and then as far as, you know, I, I don't want to leave Fran Kuhn out because he was incredibly, uh, influential in that, uh, he was doing super motocross dirt rider yep. and, and he would, he would throw me a bone every now and then yeah. and say, Hey, you know, well, do this story. Oh, I've read your, I've read your stuff in dirt rider. Yeah. Motocross action. No, super yeah, motocross action. I th- only barely once. Loretta's. Yeah. You cover Loretta's one, one time. time. Yep. Yeah. Um, didn't, didn't call it a swamp. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Cycle news. Uh, yeah. Super motocross, or maybe it was the, the other one. Um, Supercross at Moto, Moto, Motocross and then Super Motocross and, yeah, uh, and Motocross Magazine Mo- MX Super- Journal. Yeah, no, I didn't do Motocross no, Journal. No, 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 that was that was. So, so you were just a freelance guy, and you're like, hey, I like this. It's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I wanna, so, know. so one of the things that that I never did and still don't do is is bike test. Right. So there was there was no place for me in a magazine. Did you not want to? No, I didn't want to. Okay, you just. You're over. You're riding. Was, days I, over. You know, when, when, when you say, "Hey, something shiny on the floor over there," you know, when you're talking about testing, yeah, yeah, like yeah. a factory rider getting yeah. distracted, that was me because I'd be like, I could be doing a bike test, or I could be reading Hemingway, okay, or I could be, you know, yeah. out, yeah. you know, road tripping, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, so I, I, I kind of got into this sort of lifestyle type journalism, yeah. and, and one of the one of the things I think that really helped me was in 1989, a story dropped. In, in my lap, and mm-hmm. it was it was Trampas Parker, and uh, no one knew who Trampas Parker was no, because when he won that not. first GP in Italy uh, to start the 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 one twenty five World Championships, they listed him as Parker Trampas, <laughs> yeah. and and no one knew who pa- Parker Trampas was because yeah. when he was racing here, his name was Chad right. Parker, yeah. and and few people remember this, but if you look in the vault, the first ever one twenty five Supercross, Todd Campbell won, on Chad, KTM, yeah. Chad no he was on a Cowie, oh was he okay, but Chad Chad Parker. Third, third, okay, third, yeah, in, in San Diego, eighty-five, and 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 so, 
we knew there was a Parker, but at that time, everyone was thinking, hey, maybe this is vanilla ice. <laughs> it's true, right? Because <laughs> yeah, no yeah, yeah. you know, that, right. that whole thing was going on. So yeah. anyway, we, we figured it out pretty quickly. But uh, I asked Fran, I said, could I, could I, go, to, could I go to Europe? Can I go find Trampus Parker? Yeah. And he said, sure. You know, and, and uh, you know, and at who Cost- was that for? So- Dirt Rider. Dirt Rider. Okay. Dirt Rider yeah, and, yeah. and Cycle News. Yeah, yeah. So I show up at uh, Hawkstone Park. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I go to the KTM tent. And back then, no iPhones, no, no, fax, no facsimiles. No. Right, right. <laughs> I don't know how to let anyone know yeah. that I'm coming. Right. But, but I, I, I raced with Bob Moore. Okay. I raced with Healy in 85. Yep. And I knew yep. those guys pretty well. And I'm like, where's 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 Parker? And they're like, oh, he's he's under the tent over there. He's and they were all riding KTMs that yeah. year. So um, I mean, Parker came out of nowhere. Yeah, but he was yeah. he was on a Ferrioli KTM and and and. Bobby was on a, if I remember correctly, Chesterfield or something, and then Healy was like a, another sub team. Yeah, right. or, no, Bobby was actually factory KTM. Okay. Anyway, uh, so I go over to this tent and I hear someone yelling in Italian, just yelling, 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 <laughs> and and, um, and I look in and there's this guy with a mullet and and you know scrawny guy and he turns around and looks at me and goes, just immediately goes from fluent, yeah. You know, yeah, Venetian right. uh, to Sicilian to uh, to uh, Davy Coombs. That's about time one of you journalists got over here to see me. And uh, I ended up spending a week. And this is how great things used to yeah. be back then. I spent a week with Trampas at James Dobbs' house. And, and Trampas right. was staying with James Dobb, yeah. who was competing with him. Yeah. And, 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 uh, and the Dobb family and everything. It was just it was a really cool week. Then we went yeah. to Kalinchi, Northern Ireland, okay. for another GP. And as it turned out, um, Trampas won uh, the GP in um, Hawkstone. And I think Bob won the GP in, in uh, Ireland. And it was just, it was just a lot of fun. And, yeah. and anyway, I came back, wrote this story, Super Motocross Dirt Rider, gave yeah. it all kinds of uh, – uh, you know, stuff, yeah. all kinds of space. Yeah. And then just kind of went from there. And, and at that point I decided I got too much stuff to wait every month yeah. to do a, a road trip piece or, or and I started yeah. fooling around with a newspaper right. and it was called the racing paper. And it was, it was definitely a way to cover my local area and, and help racing, you know, with yep. people who became lifelong friends like Jeff Cernick, uh, you know, the Bloras, you know, with Steel City, every, you know, whatever track was in Pennsylvania yeah. at that time. And, um, and it, it sort of slowly evolved into a lifestyle thing because, yeah, I was covering District 5, but the opening round of Supercross was Orlando. Right. And I'm like, oh, I should, like, That's not that I, should, I should cover that. Right. And I'd go cover it for Cycle News. I'd cover it for Dirt Rider and, then, and Gatorback and yeah. whatever. And, and then I would write a story not about the race, but about the trip. And that's what yeah. became the, the theme of Racer X. At some point, you decide, I'm going to find Evil Knievel. Yeah. This was, the Evil Knievel thing this was, was... This was huge. I, yeah. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recount that one day in, in the magazine because, yeah. because uh, it was funny. I actually... Every issue, there was I, a Evil Knievel thing. I went to... Yeah. It was, it was called The Search for Evil because I, I had a friend, the late Charles Racy. Uh, I had a friend and, and uh, I said... Uh, he goes, Dave, I won't... Dave, I want to write. I want to write for the magazine uh-huh. and I'm or the newspaper. The newspaper, right? And I'm like, what do you want to write about? He goes, I want to write about motorcycle riders. I said, okay, who do you know? He goes, Steve McQueen. I'm like, okay, <laughs> Steve McQueen's dead, yeah. uh, but but you can do a Steve McQueen story. Sure. I go, do you know any living motorcyclists? Yeah. And he goes, well, I know of I know of Evil Knievel. Okay. And he goes, what do you think Evil Knievel's up to? And I'm like, you know, that's a great question. 
And um, you know, yeah. my, my dad was still alive at the time, and I could have said, "Dad, where's evil?" You know, and dad would have said, "Here's his number." You know, yeah. but uh, oh, but really? Be, like your dad knew him? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh okay. My dad had uh, evil would call every five years and want to do some stunt or whatever. Jump. But but a, a real quick aside. Um, my dad let a guy named Bob Gill try to jump Appalachia Lake in 1975. Okay. Guy came up. It was 160 feet across. His front end augered in at 159. Flip broke his back. My dad said, we'll never do a daredevil freestyle. Yeah. But there was no freestyle. Yeah, but, whatever. Said, what? but when freestyle came on, that's why you've never seen us touch it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just in the family DNA. Do not, <laughs> do not let anyone jump. Appalachian Lake. D- don't jump a distance and don't flip a bike. <laughs> there are some issues of the new, of the newspaper that you were like, okay, the search for evil. It'd be like, we got a number. We tried it. It was the wrong number. Stay tuned yeah. next next month. I mean, that's what it sometimes we was. went. We flew to Florida. Me and Jeff Cernick and Charles. We flew to Florida to meet MacGyver and Paggio because oh, yeah. we knew that he was hanging out at a place called the Turtle Club in Clearwater. Okay, and 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 we 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 figured out that he, his favorite golf course was this behind this feed store. Okay, like and, yeah, yeah. and and. and, and Near MacGyver's house, yeah. and uh, uh, so we 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 fly there to go talk to to Evil, and 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 his, tell his buddy. His buddy says, "Yeah, he'll be he'll be at this club later," and uh, he walks in. And we're standing there, and, and, and he looks at us, and he turns around, and he walks out, and he gets in his Corvette, and he drives away. And we're like, what, 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 what was that about? And, and um, the doorman goes, oh, he's hammered. Oh. <laughs> so we, yeah. flew, we flew home. Yeah. You know, it became part of the search. <laughs> anyway, we finally got Evil, Charles and I, to, to talk to us. Yeah. And uh, we had a meme at the golf you course. You gave him the cover. You gave him the cover. Gave him the cover. <laughs> but, but the funny thing is that he had just gotten a new liver. Okay. And uh, he wasn't supposed to be drinking. Uh-huh. I still have the bar tab. <laughs> and the bar tab is, it'll say, two Miller Lights, two Miller Lights, one O'Doul's, one shot wild turkey. <laughs> and he was taking an O'Doul's, a non-alcoholic yeah. beverage, and pouring whiskey into it. <laughs> and so as we're, for every two beers we drink, yeah. he drinks one O'Doul's with wild turkey until you get like halfway down the bill. And then it gets to be shots. Really, yeah. yeah. yeah there's no duels. There's uh, no duels. Yeah. And uh, anyway, that was one of the that was one of the ultimate adventures. I, I was so proud of that. My dad just thought it was hilarious. Um, wh- now I remember I was around as a mechanic then. Were you selling the paper or were you giving it away? We were doing both. Okay, uh, I'd give it away. It. I'd give it away uh, in the pits or whatever. In the pits. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and and were you sell actually it. selling things? We did sell local bike shops. Were you making money? On yeah, it? yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right, I was so making enough money to, to actually hire. A couple people. Okay. And, and, and like, but the first employee was Dave Brosick, who was my neighbor. Yep. He was mowing my lawn. He was like, <laughs> not, not my lawn, my family's yeah, 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 yard. Yeah, yeah. I was living at home through college to save right. money. I'm, I'm, he would come over, mow the grass. Oh, I thought Julie Kramer was nope. first. Okay. Dave, Dave Brosick, Brosick was four, first. 14 years old. He's like, okay. Hey, I, I'm a designer. I'm like, right. <laughs> and one day I think he mowed an X into my lawn and I'm like, Hey, you are a designer. <laughs> and, um, and, but, but I didn't, I couldn't afford to keep Dave. So okay. he was my first, second, fourth and seventh employee. <laughs> yeah, Cause I kept having to fire him right. and he'd be like, Oh, okay. And he'd go out and start mowing the grass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Julie came along. Yeah, when through, does Julie come in? She came along through Jeff Cernick. Okay. Uh, she was from Pittsburgh and Jeff, would 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 you know and and, and and almost like an homage he would mimic all the things my dad did because okay. he had a track he yeah. had bike shops and and jeff would it was like okay if i if i hire someone to cover my stuff i'll get it in cycle news all these things and so he hired julie who okay. was who was and then julie ended up coming to school in morgantown wvu and jeff asked if we could possibly use her right and she started coming to the office which at that point was by now we we 
it, it is still my it's my mom's house. Was your mom and dad getting a little uh, like what are you doing? What are you doing? No, no, okay. they, 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 were cool? they, yeah. they were they were growing as promoters, yeah, yeah. and and you know, mind you, this is before the National Promoters Group. This is yeah, Loretta Lynn's is ten years old by now. But and they weren't like, hey, Davey, stop with the stupid bag or newspaper. Oh God, no! Okay. My my, yeah, yeah. my dad my dad taught me and my mom that that that. If I was going to grow this thing, yep. I, had to, I had to learn how to sell ads. Yep. I had to learn how to, to uh, edit. I had to learn how to design. I had to learn how to do everything. I had yep. to learn, you know, I had to go to the printer yep. and hang out where they ran and fold newspapers and this and that. And, yep. and that way I would always know what other people were doing. Okay. I, I knew if someone had the chops to, to be in publishing or whatever. Yeah. Um, but then I met Julie and I didn't have to do that anymore because yep. she was so good at organizing and, and, and just – is, she managed that yeah. growth, which she and, still does. Yeah, of course she does. <laughs> and, and then, and then Brian Steely came right. along and Brian, um, he, that was 95, 96. And, uh, we're still a newspaper, yeah. but Brian's like, uh, he, he became, he, he like Julie, they were so good at what they did and they were able to take sort of the fanboy out of it mm-hmm. that it allowed me to be super enthusiastic, yeah. but they managed. They were like, Hey, we're going to run yes. this as a business. Yes. You go do. It's like Troy yeah. Lee, Troy yeah, Lee yeah, yeah. Or, or Mitch Payton and his brother, Jim. Yeah. Mitch loves, he'd sponsor yeah. everyone in the world if he could. Yeah. He can't because his brother, Jim yeah. won't let him. Yeah, exactly. Or his parents Jim, won't Jim, let him. Yeah. Well, mom, mom's the accountant still. Yeah. So, yeah. And, 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 and so, so, but I think a lot of companies in the industry, Troy yeah. Lee, I'm right. sure is like that. I'm yeah. sure the Fox brothers, you know, yeah. remember the Fox brothers, you know, brilliant enough to, to hire Rick Johnson, Ryan Dungey, all these fantastic Ricky, yeah. all these fantastic people, but also loose enough to put $200,000 in the Fresno smooth. Yeah. 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 Or start the U S open with, yeah. with Eric. Right. But, yeah. But, but, yeah. but yeah, but, but that's enthusiasm and that's, right. that's a wonderful thing when it works. Yeah. And so I had Brian and Julia to help me not make mistakes. Okay. They, they, they were able to, 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 um, they became my bosses basically. So, um, so along <laughs> that is the, actually true. That is so actually along true. the yeah. way, I gotta tell you this other funny story. Uh, a Suzuki ad shows up. We've never had a, a major okay, yeah. ad. Yeah, like who was Cernic buying ads at this point? No, and, Cernic was buying ads. Okay. Pro Action, okay. George Quay, yeah, George was, Quay sure. Phil Alderton, Flipper oh, yeah, yeah, was, yeah. was buying ads because yeah. that, that was that was a, a local shop yeah. for us. Dayton, right. Right. Uh, Hunter Troy, and um, anyway, uh, so Suzuki this Suzuki ad. ad shows up, and uh, we don't know where it's from. <laughs> you know, it's like, like hey, we want to buy a spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and, yeah. and I, I had sold photos of Jimmy Button winning the '94. Um, Daytona Supercross yep. to Suzuki for yep. ads, and Jimmy still has those ads, by the yeah. way. And, and um, anyway, uh, uh, I find out that Kerry Graber, uh, who's at Suzuki at that time mm-hmm. and is back there now, had been told by Eric Johnson, who was at Densu, Lord and Densu was an ad agency, yeah. said, this newspaper's had really cool. Had you met Eric yet? I had no? not met Eric. Oh, okay. Not at all. Okay. So, er- yeah. Eric, Eric uh, I, I, I met through him writing a letter saying... Same way I met Weege, yeah. writing yeah, a letter yeah. saying, this newspaper is, is everything that I want to be a part of. Yeah. And uh, Eric started writing uh, right then. Yeah. And, and and I would come out to Los Angeles, and, and he was living at 35th and Manchester and, and over in Manhattan Beach, mm-hmm. uh, or not Highland, 35th and Highland. And uh, there was a bar there called The Hole in the Wall, and we would go sit there and talk about all these things yeah. that we were going to do. And, and the irony is I would find out years later that two bars – down was a Mexican restaurant where Mike Goodman came up with the idea oh, for the first oh, Super no, Bowl. Really? Yeah, just very yeah, small yeah, world. Yeah. Not to compare Racer X to the first <laughs> Super Bowl motocross, but um, yeah, and it just it just. And so, at what point is money coming in enough where you're like, 
Yes. We got turned into a new magazine. No, what, what, like, happened, what happened was people started sniffing around uh, to buy us. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. It, it, first, it was uh, Trans World. Well, not what is now Trans yeah. World, but it was, uh, it was Ride, BMX, and uh, it whatever, was, uh, yeah. Brad. Um, the Vital Guy? Yes. Uh, Brad. Uh, yeah, Brad. No, not Brad Cameron. That's rental. Uh, Brad, yeah. 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 Uh, and and uh, uh, Dirt Rider. They had us in. And oh, they, wow. They had Eric and I in. They took us up to the top floor. Dick Lagoo was in charge. Then, and they, they, were they gonna, wanted to, to they were buy, gonna buy us. And, 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 and then how they, do you run it? Yeah. And then they yeah. decided, to hell with it. Uh, Brad McDonald. Brad McDonald, yes. Uh, uh, and decided, you know, we're just going to start our own magazine. And they called it MX Racer. Oh. And then Transworld, or not, what, what became Transworld, started their own magazine. Yeah. And, and, uh, and I was like, I'm getting passed. <laughs> I'm, I'm, and, and, and so so my dad's like, you need to turn this into a magazine or you're going to yeah. miss your window. And yeah. right then, you got to remember, X Games was coming. Yeah. Uh, freestyle was blowing up. Baggy pants. Presto smooth. Yep. You know, everyone yep. just, we just thought it was all going to happen. Uh, and, and uh, you know, and it, and it did. How much money does it take to start a magazine? Uh, like your printing costs. About, 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 it was it was seventy or eighty thousand okay, dollars. Yeah, yeah. To, but, yep. but you're betting on yourself. Yep. Yeah. So I didn't have seventy or eighty thousand right. dollars. Uh, I had about thirty. And um, so my dad says, what you need to do is come up with a business plan. Yep. And you need to go around the industry to all the big hitters yep. and get someone to invest in this. And mm-hmm. you should start with Jim Hale. Because Jim Hale was still bitter about inside inside motocross. Oh, he was. Okay. He was. To- yeah, he, yeah. he was. He loved that project yeah. and Fran. Yeah. I mean, and that that was. I was still bitter about yeah. it because that was. It was the, great. It was the best magazine ever. That's why issue number five uh, is always our homage page at right. the back of the magazine. It's always that fifth issue that we do the cover. And right. It's a salute to Fran because of what he what he taught me, what he inspired in me, all of us yep. as journalists. You know. Yeah, it was great. And um, so we we decided that. Um, uh, I would come up with this business plan and come up with this design. And, 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 um, uh, Chris Holtner was like, I'm going to go with you. Yeah. He was going to, he was working at Fox at the time. He's oh, like, I'm going to quit Fox okay. and I'm going to help you. And he was an MXA photographer too, for a while. Yeah, right? he was. Yeah, he was. Okay. And, 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 and Chris was a fantastic friend, fantastic yeah. photographer, great guy. Uh, I, I miss him being around the sport. He was hilarious. He's still on Facebook a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Photos. yeah. But, but, but with, with beef, you know, he was the beef. He would go to a race for MXA and dirt bike. And I would go to a race for dirt rider and cycle news yeah. and we would room together. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure yeah. there are times when Antonovich and no, Kiefer and, yeah, yeah. No, Antonovich and I and Weege and we're yeah. all, yeah. Yeah. yeah but we're, it's kind of funny. Like, people yeah. don't realize right. that. Like, Oh, right. these guys hate each other. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, you, like I said, there's more dirt rider stuff in here than there's, <laughs> well, there is no racer X stuff in here, but the racer X guy. Racer X Canada yeah. over there. And by the way, <laughs> I was in town. There was no way I wasn't going to come to your studio. I'm not as big as like MX Jeff. I wouldn't blow you. I wouldn't blow you. I wouldn't fly across the world and not come uh, here. Yeah, but uh, that's that's a, that's yeah. an inside joke. Right. Yeah. Anyway, I thought um, it was going to happen, but yeah. Anyway, um, uh, so so you got a business plan? Yeah. And and first guy I went to was Jim Hale. Jim Hale and Axel. Nope. nope. Yep. And he said, he said, I just, I went through this already because I think it's, oh, he said, no, he said, I think it's a great idea because count Renthal in count, count, you know, all oh. mechanics where yep. we'll, we'll advertise. Okay. Uh, he goes, but I can't be part of it because I've been down that road before. And he knew that, <laughs> yeah. you know, he, he, what, what he was afraid of is what happened at, at, to inside motocross that the existing publishers one specifically would say, well, then we're just not going to. Yeah. Run, run photos of your stuff. Yeah, yeah, you, know, you, yeah. You, you, you want to do your own magazine? Yeah, Go ahead. Yeah. But we're not going to... Watch no Bradshaw, no Stanton photos, no nothing. Whatever, right. However it worked right. out. Right. So anyway, um, uh, then I went to uh, Jim Castillo. Okay. And, and he's, yeah. he's big at this time, Innovation yeah. Sports. And uh, nice, as, nice as can be, uh, really super nice 
and he's like, I eh, just not my thing. You know, yeah. I got this idea for this other thing and this other thing and this other <laughs> thing. And, and, you know, he took what would have been his investment in racer X and started the, the Astros mobile medics. Oh, okay. Yeah. There which, which again, it was, it was yeah. a, a much, it was a wise decision yeah. for sure. And definitely. And the great Western bank team, which didn't, work yeah. well, that was before. Yeah, that was that's before. True. So, um, and to this day though, ironically, and, and wonderfully, every time I see Jim Castillo, he says, I really, I, I really should invest in that magazine. <laughs> like, thank no God. Thank God you didn't. Thank no God you didn't. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I went to, uh, Morgan Hill, Fox Brothers, yeah. and, uh, I, I was like, you know, this is, this is a great yeah. thing. And they're like, can we show you something? And I'm like, sure. And they put me in a room and they show me the, the, First 25 minutes of Fresno Smooth. And oh. I was like, well, there goes that money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, Interesting. I yeah, didn't, okay. One, one day I'm gonna, we're going to do a story on the yeah. behind the scenes of Fred, yeah, Fresno Smooth. Yeah. It's, it's just too funny, too funny. And they were starting shift and yep, yep. all this stuff. So anyway, uh, Lou Seals was running Motor World okay. at the time. He said no. Um, uh, he said no though, because he had a guy working for him who used to be in the magazine business. And after I made my song and dance and my dad yeah. was with me, we we're in Atlanta. Uh-huh. He's like, mm, I guess I just don't think it's a good idea. Wow. And, and Lou goes, okay. well, if, 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 if he says no, then it's no. Cause he's my magazine specialist. And? I'm like, why is he here? Why is he not working in a magazine? <laughs> <laughs> if you know so much so, about magazines. Anyway. And, and, uh, and he also, it, yeah. and, and, would regret so, that and later on yeah. tried to start a Motor World magazine. And, uh, so what'd you do? And, and, well, I, I went home with my tail between my legs. Got nothing. Nothing. Huh, yeah. And my dad said, okay, and now I see how much you want it. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll front you 50 grand. Okay. So he paid the second half. So I, I had one investor in zero to this day. Zero shareholders. Yeah, zero. Yeah. It's, well, that's uh, another thing. Like, the, we're twenty years in. What would have happened had somebody invested? It would have, it would have become different. It, yeah, it, it, yeah. We, we just started paying attention to reader surveys. Yeah, so we, you we, never had, know. we just started doing bike testing. And, yeah. And there's a, you know the reason I never got into bike testing besides the fact I just didn't want to do it. There's too many good bike testers out there. Yeah. The guys in the orange helmets know what they're doing. Right. The guys at Dirt Rider know what they're doing. The guys at Cycle. I mean, there, yeah. everyone was doing tests, yep. and it was like, why well, it was. When Racer X launched, I mean, it was very unique. Like, yeah, no bike tests. Well, no, the, you, know, you have to remember, like, Super Motocross or MX Journal was trying to do a little bit of that, but they couldn't. They could no, be it was as, Jimmy Max thing, Jim, right? Yeah, yeah, but they couldn't yeah. be as loose and fun yeah. and, and yeah. off the cuff as we were. Yeah. I mean, we would, you know, we we would decide to launch the magazine. We get the money. Uh, I get to hire Holtner. Yep. I, I, Eric Johnson's going to help, but he's not going to quit his day job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and we get Mark Blanchard to be, be the designer because okay. he and was Julie the, Bryan. Yeah, yep. Julian Bryan. But Mark, Zirk, yeah. and Blanchard was going to be the designer because he was the best designer in the world. Yep. He had done Motivert. He had done JT Racing. He had right. done all these things, and he continues to do you know, 100%. He did One Industries, yep. all these fantastic things. And, and he's like, I, I don't have time to do this. And we're like, we we begging you, beg you. <laughs> so so when, when they had, at this time, One Industries was down on India Street in San Diego. Okay. And, and we would go in there with like our files and computers and like drop them on the, 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 the desk of Blanchard and all right here. And Ludo, yeah. who was his partner would be like, what are you doing? Right. And like, he's like, I got to design this magazine. So he like take three days and, yeah, design, and do it, design the magazine. How many with the investment and everything else, like how many issues does that give you before you got to start making? I, I had like uh, three, Three, well, I mean, okay. one, one. You have to remember, we had an existing, <laughs> we had an existing business. Okay, yeah. Ra- the, yeah. the racing paper had right. become Racer X. It, it 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 evolved. I had money coming in. I just had to m- 
get people to up their yeah, yeah. their ad yeah. buy and uh, and and keep it going. Yeah, okay. So there was a there was a small transition there where I was living off that $80,000, yep. but also I had to have enough money to pay Brian and Julie. And we were also doing event programs. We were doing, uh, I was writing for other magazines yeah. still. Yeah. How'd that go over with the guys, your freelance and they knew you're starting one. I, like they, I, they, they, I think that I had, um, I think they knew that I was going to do something different. Yeah. There was never a, a time where someone said, we're going to quit covering High Point and Steel City yeah. or Loretta Lynn's because Davey started a magazine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a time when, 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 uh, we had we we didn't get a lot from motocross action, but that was because uh, the the animosity between my dad and Jody went way back, and then the animosity between me and Jody was yeah. was was real for a while there, um, and. Uh, that you know, fortunately, has gone away. I mean, yeah. like a like, but so there was like, a your, little... like your dogs here. Yeah. Sooner or later, old dog, old cat, you just learn how to live Lots together. Of energy, high energy dogs, high energy dogs. Yeah, yeah. Um, sit, Ubu, sit. Yeah. So, okay. So you so uh, one of the guys that came on right away. Now they didn't give you any money, but I do remember Fox being a big part. Uh, the first, yeah, they, yeah. Fox, Fox loved the idea, yeah. and and they have been the inside front cover yeah. advertiser. Renthal always day back. one. Renthal always the back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alpen Stars has been there from day so one. So you had some key companies that were like, hey, we're we're they were already they yeah. were already advertised in the newspaper. Yep. If you go back and look at the last newspaper, you'll see Pro Circuit oh, I, Fox. Okay, so you were that. Okay, yeah, we, yeah. We, we were getting there, but we would we would actually design the ads for those people. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Pretty yeah, neat yeah. stuff. And and we so we. We took, I remember, didn't you have one with Peyton in the newspaper? He was Mitch Peyton was, was in a wheelchair, and we put number seven stickers on the side of his wheelchair and rolled him down <laughs> the ramp and had like Leanne Tweeden clapping yeah, and all these people. And then, and then the tagline was, we all race. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> and, then, and then one time, Bones is on the infield picking up kids at Loretta Lens covered in mud, his face yeah. all covered in mud. And, and, I, and, and, and you know, Mitch would say, as long as it's funny, yeah. I'll pay for it. Yeah. So we run this photo of bones covered in mud, and the bottom just says "rocket scientist." <laughs> <laughs> That's what I remember. Like that was stuff that you didn't see in MXA. You didn't see yeah, dirt bike. We, you we, know, we, so. we we tried to do a, a, a sponsorship. We yeah. wanted to do the mud flaps of the Honda Troy rig. We were going to sponsor the mud flaps. <laughs> and uh, Phil Alderton wrote back the funniest letter of all time. And we ran that as an ad, and we tried to give it to him as an ad. And he was like, "No, I'm going to pay for it." Yeah, yeah. And uh, he did. Yeah, uh, you know? and um. So the issue comes out. Uh, first one was JT. Ish, uh, JT. The, the, the yeah, it was called the, on the, the cover. Empire. The, right. It was called the Last Tycoon. So Eric uh, Johnson's epic JT racing story. Now, uh, had EJ had that in the can and was like, "We're going to launch with this no, story." No, or? he he decided because of the proximity to Mark Blanchard and JT and, yep. and the stories. Mark was saying we thought that that would be a fantastic story. Yeah, and we found great. John Gregory. Yep. Uh, he was he'd moved into paintball. He'd sold the company, and he had just amazing stuff, including you know the last David Bailey ad. He he he. We had a, we had a an ad. They had created an ad with Jeff Ward wearing a Honda jersey. When Jeff Ward was going to sign with Honda in yeah. 1982, yeah, or whatever year yeah, it was, whatever, what, yeah, right. and it's just like, wow, how would that have changed yeah. the motocross world? I mean, you're, you've got Jeff Ward posters all yeah. over this place. No Racer X covers, by the way. Rollerball, yeah, <laughs> um, that's Racer X Canada. Yeah. Um, McGrath on the cover, like no brainer, right? From Bercy, it was McGrath from yeah, Bercy, yeah, yeah, and and uh, and he had just switched, yeah. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, we yeah. didn't want him on a Suzuki. There was yeah. the one race that we had yeah. uh, a photo of, and I think that that first photo was shot by uh, Bertrand Sullivan, okay. or, or or maybe um, 
I have to go back and look, but it yeah. might have been Carlo Bagalini. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. Christian Bateau. It was Christian okay. Bateau. From Bercy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, um, yeah. It was just, he always the choice for the cover? Just because he's McGrath? Did you think about uh, newsstands and stuff? You, no. At that, at that point, uh, he, 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 he was the biggest guy, but he wasn't yeah. the champion, but he had just won Bercy. I, yeah. I think that's yep. why we did it. Okay. Um, and, uh, but I remember we get the magazine printed. Our goal is to have it at the Indianapolis trade show. Uh-huh. And, uh, we somehow pull this off. Yeah. And, and, but we don't have a booth at the Indianapolis trade show. <laughs> we don't have enough Someone money. Someone forgot to get We the don't booth. have enough okay, money yeah, for yeah. the booth. Right, right. So, so, uh, our friend Casey Wada, who had a company called EK Chain. Yeah. And, and, uh, uh, Yokohama Tires. Uh, he was the distributor in the U.S. Yeah. He allowed us to have like, 40 boxes of magazines sent to his booth <laughs> and we filled up his whole booth yeah. with these magazines yeah. and it really pissed some people off. Oh, did it? Yeah. Not only yeah, yeah. at motocross action and, and yeah. high torque, but who were like, yeah, he's not allowed to do that. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but, um, anyway, uh, EK chains now selling racer X. <laughs> yeah. And, and I really badly, badly wanted to, I saw Jody there and I badly wanted to walk up and hand him a copy. Oh yeah. And Chris Holtner stopped me and Chris said, why? Yeah. Well, you don't need his approval. Yeah. And, and I was like, wow, you know, you're right. That'd, that'd be a really stupid thing to do. And, and like I said, I've really come to appreciate, respect, yeah. and admire Jody for, for his, his, the things he does for the sport, like him or hate him, uh, his consistency. I've had some, I gotta be, we, I've had some run ins with him. I, I'm like, had, what is, I've what had is this terrible run ins with him, but yet, yeah. yet I, 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 there's, appreciate and admire his, his consistency, his staying power. Yeah. And when you get to know him and you're on the same side of something like we are at the Glen Helen yeah. National, you really learn a and, lot and more. And you have to give him credit. There's groundbreaking stuff in these, in these mid to late 80s MXA. You know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah, I, there really is. Yeah. You know? But, but, but uh, Chris stopped me. And what I didn't realize is as this is going on, my dad is starting literally at the same time, the same day, the NPG. And oh, the, okay. all the promoters yeah, yeah. are having a meeting back at the Hampton Inn, the hotel where yeah. we were staying. And uh, the first box went there, and they asked – they were looking for Dave Coombs. It was going to me, yeah. but they found my dad yeah, and yeah. took this box in, and he opened it, and he was the first guy to, 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 to hold yeah, the mag. Yeah. I didn't even – I was still driving there, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and, uh, and, and he passed them out. And, and all of a sudden, this buzz starts because every promoter's got one, and they're all going to the trade show. like, have you seen this? Yeah. And, and it just – That was uh... – Really colorful, really unique it was, photos. No, you know, not, like, not every magazine was all colored. Yeah, at that time. no, no, no. It was. I remember being like, "Wow, this is, you know, pretty pretty unique for magazines yeah. at the time." And again, no bike tests. So you're like, everything was industry uh, backstory, the JT story. Yeah, um, we stayed true to what we yeah. said we were going to do. Yeah, and uh, and um, my dad, uh, my one investor. Uh, <laughs> Made it. Uh, did, did, he, did, he, did he give you favorable terms on the loan? Uh, what he did. Well, I paid him back in yep. six months, but unfortunately, he he, I, I didn't pay him back in six months. I take that back. He passed away. Uh, the The magazine came out in February. He died on August third that same year. Yeah. Uh, of leukemia, and what had happened was our third issue. I'm sorry, our second issue was a disaster. Uh, Larry Ward was on the cover, yeah, but, okay. but there were so many typos. We rushed it. We, we, did, we didn't do a good job. And uh, my dad said, you get one chance to make a first impression. You made a good first impression. Your second impression sucked. You blow it on this next magazine, you will not have another yeah. chance. The next magazine was the Emig. Uh, what's eating Jeff Emig. What's eating Jeff right, Emig right, with, right. with, the, with the, the portrait shot, of which there's only been one other portrait shot since, and that was James Stewart. 
my whole life is about January oh, 8th. Oh, really? Okay. I never, yeah, yeah, but there was a motorcycle yeah, in that yeah, issue. Yeah, Jeff, yeah. Jeff Emig is the only person yeah. to ever be on one of our magazines yeah. that just, just his face. Headshot, yeah. Yeah, and um, I think Dirt Rider would do that later on with um, with Malcolm Smith. And it was just fantastic. Um, anyway, uh, the third issue was was as good as the first issue. Uh, Emig and I drove around. And he and I was like, dude, what's going on? Yeah, he was struggling, defending Supercross champion and struggling. It was all it was all going sideways for Jeff, and um, and and we had a really long, long conversation that lasted a couple days. And and uh, uh, Jeff and I have been friends, yeah. tight, tight friends ever since. Jeff and I were together in '94 when the OJ chase happened. Ludo, <laughs> Eric Johnson, Jeff Emig, and myself in Jeff's garage drinking beer. Watching what? the OJ chase, <laughs> and I was there because I had to do an area qualifier for Loretta Lens at Star West. It was the only place I could go to qualify because I was so busy. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis podcast on Racer X. I want to talk to you a little bit about Race Tech. The folks at Race Tech have been uh, on board with us for a long time, and use the code PulpMX17 when you're checking out to save money. Get your suspension done, please. Come on, give your bike some love. All right, if, if you're looking to get the most of your bike suspension, get Racetech's proven lineup of suspension components and services done at the headquarters in Corona, California, or at your local Racetech service center. And check out the helpful guides on Racetech.com and pick up a do-it-yourself gold valve kit. It's a revalve in a box. Things have been around a long time. Also, too, Racetech doing engines now, valve jobs, porting, honing, decking, and more. Whether you're looking for a rebuild or a high-performance upgrade, Racetech's engine services department experience, staff, and state-of-the-art equipment have you covered. I can vouch for that. I've seen it myself. Give Racetech a call and mention Pulp Mex for a special discount. Please, check them out. Thanks to the guys at Racetech. Hi, Randy Richardson from Michelin here, and I'd like to thank the Pulp MX Show listeners for your support and share some information about Michelin motorcycle tires. Michelin offers motorcycle tires for everything from cruisers to sport touring, sport bikes, and adventure touring motorcycles. And as we celebrate our 10-year anniversary of our iconic partnership with Harley-Davidson, you'll find Michelin Scorcher tires on an increasing number of factory-equipped Harley-Davidson motorcycles. New for 2017, Michelin introduces the new benchmark for sport bike tires, the Michelin Power RS, featuring many of Michelin's patented technologies, all of which contribute to the incomparable grip, handling, and flickability of the Michelin Power RS. I just want to hear the motocross stuff. Fair enough. Let's focus on the Michelin Starcross 5. Because the Pulp MX Show listeners are important to Michelin, we're going to continue to sponsor Steve's janky radio show. That's right. While I'm not like some people who say, I know everything, I do know a few things about motorcycle tires, and I'd like to share some of the key features and benefits of the Michelin Starcross 5 tires with you. And I promise it's not a bunch of corporate blah, blah, blah. The Michelin Starcross 5 tires are specifically designed for use in a broad range of conditions and terrain. They're available in sand, soft, medium, and hard versions, and are offered in 21 size and fitment applications. Yeah, you like that? In addition to the exceptional performance and durability, the redesigned architecture of the Michelin Starcross 5 features a bead profile that makes the tires easier to install. And everyone knows... Easier mounting, always a good feature. If you're riding on Michelin Starcross 5 tires, but you have friends that are still buying other brands, please tell them... No, 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 no. Encourage them to try a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires. And if you haven't tried Michelin Starcross 5 tires yet... You're out of your mind, dude. Visit your local dealer or online retailer to purchase a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires and install them on your bike. Who knows, they might just help you learn to do a backflip in a day. It worked for the Doom Goon. 
To learn more, visit MichelinMotorcycle.com and follow us on Instagram at Michelin Motorcycle. And that's part one of the Davey Coombs uh, podcast, FlyRacing.com, RacerX podcast. That was the part where he was in studio. Then we had to stop, do another show, and then he had to go to the Hoover Dam. So what we did is we did the rest of this story of RacerX and the 20th anniversary of that. We picked it up on the phone, and here it is. All right, we're back with uh, Davey Coombs, this time on the phone uh, in Morgantown, West Virginia. Back, uh, I'm in Vegas still. And uh, thanks, Davey. Thanks for picking this back up. No worries, and Britney Spears says hello. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How was it? Was it all right? <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, we, uh, we've we known the Spears for a long time, and believe it or not, Jamie Lynn was there as well. She was in on, on a bachelor party with uh, one of her girlfriends, so we got to share a table and sit up front, and it was as non-moto as you can get, but me and Jamie, uh, her dad, made a lot of time to solve a lot of the motocross world's problems and talk about GPs and designations and everything. Yeah. It, was, it was a lot of fun. Oh, good. Good to hear. So we we ended it 20 year of Racer X. Uh, a lot of questions still for you. We ended it with the Jeff Emig story, which is, uh, like you said, one of the only times a portrait shot has been on Racer X. And uh, Jeff was... And Kenny Jones shot that, by the way. Oh, he did? Okay. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's one of the only covers he ever got. Kenny's a lifelong friend, but he always uh, was basically uh, just a parts unlimited Thor photographer or MSR. But uh, when we needed that shot, and 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 that's right when I believe Chris Holtner was in transition, uh, we called on Kenny and he knocked mm-hmm. it out. Uh, one of the early stories that really made a mark, uh, I think, in the industry as, as long as well as with me, uh, the JT story we touched on a little bit. That was great, but the Ron Lachine expose was uh, Eric Johnson in issue two or three, I think. Maybe, maybe. No, I, actually, I wrote that. Did you? Um, okay. Yeah, I'd um, I'd known Ronnie, you know, ever since he came to. Um, Rolling Acres, North Carolina, had the AMA Youth National, the last one before Loretta Lynn started in 1981. And I, I met Ronnie there, and we raced together, and it was really muddy. Uh, there, there was there was actually a moto where me, Fred Andrews, Ron Lachine, and Donnie Schmidt were all battling uh, in the mud. And uh, you certainly know all those names, but you know <laughs> three of them from being very good racers. And the other one is like on the phone with you now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, I I watched Ronnie, you know, literally gap me mm-hmm. uh, between between from eighty one to eighty three uh, was when I decided I should go to college because just watching those guys flat out take yeah. off. Ronnie won Mammoth Mountain the next year. He won a Supercross the next year, and I was like in the eleventh grade. It was crazy. Um, but then you know Ronnie's career got a little sideways, and uh, he and I had had. Um, a personal run-in at one point over some some silly girl or something. And anyway, his whole world got kind of turned upside down when he was done with motocross. Mm-hmm. And um, we were looking for just the biggest, most ambitious stories we could find, Eric Johnson and myself, and, and sort of competing. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to call Dogger and see if, if he's ready to tell his story. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was. He he said, sure, you know, next time you're in El Cajon, come by Maxima and we'll go to lunch or something. Mm -hmm. And um, so we went to one of those uh, steakhouses, like a a medieval times sort of place (laughs) or something, Uh, the Knight's Cut or whatever it was, and sat down and and, uh, and had had lunch. 
And then I pull out the tape recorder, and he proceeded to blow my mind. Yeah. I had no idea uh, how how heavily involved in uh, some hardcore drugs he was. I had you know, machine guns on the rooftop of his house, uh, evading arrest by the police, uh, getting into a fight with RJ at the Golden States. Yeah. Uh, it just went on and on, and it just got progressively worse. And then at the end, he's like, but, but look at me now. Yeah. I, I, I beat it. And and he has, and and it's just it was it was it, I was honored that he would decide to tell me his story, and 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 be so open with it, and you know kind of like B J Smith with the Austin Stroop story mm-hmm. recently. Sometimes it hurts to to write a word like cocaine or heroin mm-hmm. and to stare at it on the page, but sometimes you you got to tell the story. In in Ronnie's case, he he got uh, really lost, uh, really young. And uh, found his way back and lives a, a perfectly normal life. But, man, the late 80s and early 90s were tough for Ron Lachine. Did you ever think, like, you know, obviously reading MXA and reading Dirt Rider and Dirt Bike growing up, they always, ah, oh, Ronnie's got these distractions, quote-unquote, and, you know, he likes the lifestyle away from the track. But no one ever delved into what was going on with him. We just knew that, you know, we, we knew the, the weed arrest for the Honda days, that was put out there, but we had no idea as fans that it got that deep. Um, did you have any hesitations about printing something like that or doing something like that? It was a I, pretty outside the have, box. I mean, when, you're, you when you're friends with someone and you know the story, you're, you're hesitant. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you a perfect example. Phil Alderton. Um, everyone in motocross knew that Phil Alderton had a drug problem. Uh, and no one really talked about it until Phil decided to talk about it with Eric Johnson. And, and, and uh, to read what Eric wrote, and it was, I think it was called The Fifth Dragon or something, mm-hmm. um, and how he started with Jägermeister and then went to pain medication and then pretty soon he was doing heroin. Um, it, was, it was hard to read. It was hard to edit. It was hard to look at. But Phil Alderton died a couple of years later of a heroin overdose mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, Eric was trying to help him and anyone who read that or anyone who read what BJ wrote about Austin Stroop who finds that offensive has to understand that that's a cautionary tale. That's a public service mm-hmm. address. And, and I think that the fundamental difference and what we've tried to do with racer X and, and what MXA always did was that MXA was is owned by Roland Hines uh, who owns High Torque Publications? Mm-hmm. He's a he's a very Christian man, and and they have some really strict rules over there about things like um, you know how much skin you can show in an ad, yep. or whether or not you can use words like what the hell or voodoo or you know whatever. Yep. It, it, it it's you know it's no different than the Wall Street Journal or the Drudge Report, whoever you know might be you know sort of right leaning in, in the things they write. Well, we were very liberal. In, 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 a, in a social sense, and that we let people like LBZ run risque ads, mm-hmm. and we let people uh, tell the full story and, and, and put it in there. But we also, you know, we always had my mom, we call her the voice of reason. <laughs> voice of reason, exactly. Yeah, and, 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 and anything that went in the magazine had to pass the Rita test. And, and her thing was, you know, I know it sounds crazy that this would be like a, a conversation you'd have with your mom. But me and Julie and Scott Wallenberg would get into like almost knockdown drag out debates over whether or not we could run an ad. And my mom's <laughs> rule of thumb was 
as long as I can see that she's wearing underwear, it's good. <laughs> Something. But, right. but if, it, if it looks like she's not, it's not good. She's like, you know, you, you, if, it, if it seems like, you know, it, it screams of yeah. sexual innuendo, then it, it's screaming and you can't run it. But if it if it's you know a, a girl in a thong, well she's wearing a bathing suit. Yeah. I mean if yeah. you if you can see it on the beach, <laughs> why can't you see it in a magazine? If you yeah. can see it in Sports Illustrated, why can't you see it in Racer X? Um, but we're different like that in that that you know our background our, our we didn't have the rules that High Torque had, and that in turn helped us carve out that niche because you know no matter what MXA has always been a great magazine. Uh, you know, I'm not into bike tests. I'm not into product tests. Yep. But some of the other coverage and things they've done have been groundbreaking at times, and other times just downright entertaining. And um, we just try to be different. And and I think that it's fair to say that some other magazines sort of followed us in in, in trying to do that lifestyle thing, and, and other ones, you know, stay true to yeah. sort of the MXA form. And then you have you know what what Dawn has done. With Transworld, which is kind of go right down the middle to have a little bit of lifestyle and you know product testing. Yep. So, you know, I think those are the three sort of leaders of the pack, and we all kind of do different things. But uh, there's there's room for all three, and like you and like probably everyone listening to this, I read all three yeah. and, and I enjoy the hell out of them. Um, you brought up a name, Scott Wallenberg, that I wanted to touch on because I I know Scott's heavily involved in ad sales and everything else, but now he Scott Wallenberg. He was in the masthead for MXA forever. Uh, yeah. How did you? How did you get Scott? What does Scott whenever, do? Whenever how does that work? I, I was talking earlier about the the launch of the magazine, uh-huh. at the the indie trade show. Right. Um, a year later, Scott and I would cross paths again, mm-hmm. and 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 he and I, Scott was always a good dude. He was always friends with my dad, even though there were there was tension at times mm-hmm. with Jody or Roland or whoever at High Torque. Scott, you know, as the, the head ad sales person guy over there, was always really generous, uh, you know, helped uh, navigate turbulent waters uh, uh, when, 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 when um, you know, just any time something came up, we could always count on Scott. He was from Illinois and Wisconsin, mm-hmm. a longtime racer, and just loves Huskies, more, loves Husky more of an East Coast guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he felt like his time at High Torque was starting to come to an end, and he seeked me out and said, look, I really want to talk to you. And, and, and I believe we were, we were at a race or we were at the trade show the next year. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. And he said, when you pulled that magazine out in Indianapolis, and I looked at it, he goes, I, I, got, I got, you know, shivers. I, I, I got tears in my eyes because I started thinking, you know, wow, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. I, I wanted to be part of a magazine like that. You know, I could, I could help you. And, and I was like, you know, as my as my sister would have said, eh, you don't want to put on someone else's dirty underwear. <laughs> you, don't, you don't need to hire Scott Wallenberg. But I kept thinking, man, think about the connections he's got. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I don't like the idea of picking off another guy's, you know, uh, someone else's, you know, MVP. But you know what? Mm-hmm. When you go to war and you're, or you're in a battle or you're in a contest, you size up the other team and you, and you take on their best player. Sure, yeah. And, and, and you know, we, you know, Roland was never going to let Jody go, and we didn't need Jody. Uh, what we needed was someone to sell ads. And um, we made Scott an offer he couldn't refuse and, and, and vice versa. And that whole deal came together 
on a fax machine, and I was at the Paris-Bercy Supercross that fall, and um, my mom got really sick. She went with me, and it was right after my dad died. And and Scott was like, you know, that was the jumping-off point for him. You know, mm-hmm. he was friends yeah. with Big Dave, and he was like, you know, when you lost your dad, I thought, you know, I, I, I he said, I could see the magazine going places, but I couldn't see it going places for long the way it was going. And um, so we made a big adjustment. We invested in Scott, and you know, he's still here 19 years later and uh, still bothering us with his monarch stories. And Husqvarna. Anytime we have a question about Sweden or Husqvarna <laughs> or Torsten Hallman, right. we get Scott on the phone. And, uh, you know, Scott is also, he, he lives in Boise, Idaho now. And, and um, that's one thing that, 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 you know, I'm also proud of is it was always my dream to start a motocross magazine and, and live in Morgantown, West Virginia, not necessarily anyone else's. <laughs> and that's why you live in Las Vegas. Eric lives in Laguna Niguel. Uh, Chris Haltner lived out in California. Scott lived in California forever. Now lives in Boise, Idaho. Simon, uh, you know, lives yeah. out there. And Wygant's uh, Jeff, in uh, Wygant's yeah, in North J- Carolina. Jason Wygant's yeah. in Charlotte, North Carolina. Jeff Cosen is in uh, Brooklyn. He's our he's our, been our copy editor since day one. Um, and uh, yeah, we have sort of this uh, diaspora of people scattered all around the country that you know get together every day mm-hmm. online and build a magazine. Is it impossible? So the, the magazine launches in 1998 uh, with with Jeremy McGrath on the cover, and it's a huge undertaking and everything else. And and you mentioned your dad passing away. Same, you know, like you said, early in the magazine's uh, inception, this happens. This tragedy happens to you, and I, I imagine you've gone through, you know, some difficult times now and lately, and everything else with with, with this uh, MX Sports deal and getting the Nationals and everything else. But in a way, is the launch of the magazine in your mind always tied to your dad's passing away? And does it take away a little bit of that time? You know, no, it, it, that's a that's a great question, and and um, you know, I, I tell this story because I'm I'm proud of this story because this is the way my uh, mom and dad raised us. Um, my dad died on August third. It was the Monday. Before Loretta Lynn's, like literally yeah. the day we're supposed to start practice. Right. Um, I had flown the red eye overnight. No, I take it back. I, 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 I was at the Washougal National. Eric Johnson and I shared a room. We were both there writing for Cycle News. Eric wrote the 250 story. I wrote the 125 story. Uh, this is the race where Ricky Carmichael must have passed. No. 78 guys, yeah. or 76 guys, because he went down the first turn, both motos. Yeah. Gets up, goes 2-2, but the overall win goes to... Um, McCormick. McCormick, yeah. right. With, a, yeah. with a, No, no, no. Sellers gets the overall. Oh, that's right. Three. McCormick won the moto. Yeah, McCormick yeah. won the moto. Yeah. Anyway, we go back to the hotel, work all night. I get up in the morning. I fly to Loretta Lens. I land. I call my mom to check on my dad, and she said, your dad checked out this morning. And I'm like, he's out, he's out of the hospital? <laughs> Yeah, and she said, "No, no, he 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 checked out, and uh, he had been in the hospital for three weeks for a bone marrow transplant, and it took, but then he got a, 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 a pneumonia, mm-hmm. and uh, it settled into his lungs, and he he couldn't beat it because he had his blood was all a mess because of leukemia. And yep. Anyway, I didn't even have to ask my mom what to do." I knew my brother and sister with Loretta Lens. I knew that we had a race to run. 
My dad didn't want a funeral. He didn't want a big deal. He wanted us to go on. And I take that work ethic with me 20 years later everywhere I go. Um, I, I, I joke uh, that if I ever won the lottery, I'd be at work on Monday. I'd be late, <laughs> but I'd be there. <laughs> and I've, I've tried to, you know, keep that up. You know, my dad will I'll never get past, you know, the, my dad got to see three issues. And like I said, he, he loved the first one, hated the second yeah, one. The second one was rescued. full of errors, right? <laughs> yeah, rescued it on the third one. But he never got to see another one after that. And the next issue was a black and white cover of Johnny O'Mara, a Jack Burnicle photo. Uh, no one put black and white photos mm-hmm. on a full-color magazine. But it was like a little sort of nod to my dad, like, you know what, we're, we're going to keep doing, you know, the stuff that we want to do, and we're going to break the rules and rewrite the rules and just try to stay true to what Racer X was always supposed to be about. So when I think back to 1998, it was a, it was a, a whirlwind of getting that magazine started and losing my dad. Yeah. But now, the 20 years since, uh, my dad is attached, at least his memory is attached to everything I do because it's 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 in my genes, it's in my fabric, and you know I'm lucky enough to still have my brother and sister and my mom around me every day, and and we all work together on everything we do, and that's why yeah. uh, whether it's the magazine or MX Sports or Loretta Lens or GNCC, you know we're we're we'll take on anything because we know there's strength in our numbers. Meaning, you know, I don't have to do it all. My sister doesn't have to do it all. My mom. Didn't have to do it all. Yeah. Dad taught us all how to do it, and 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 it takes more than more than one. Yeah, the it takes reason, a family. The reason I ask that is because, um, and nowhere near what you went through, but you know, one of my best races as a, as a pro rider uh, in Canada, and I'm not putting myself on your level or anything else, but one of my best races ever. Uh, the next day, my dad said he was divorcing my mom. And I really can't get that out of where I'm like, ah, I was good that day. Like I, I rode really well, and then I found out my family was sort of being torn apart, right? Um, yeah. And it's you know, yours is a much bigger level, but it's a great accomplishment for this magazine. And then you know, two three issues later, you know that happens. So. Yeah. Well, and I, yeah. I and and I, I I Nick McCabe has a similar story uh, to to what you just said, Stephen, and that you know he qualifies for a national mm-hmm. uh, for the first time and and. Uh, on his way home, he finds out his dad died. Yeah. Um, and it just, it, it is what it is. But, you know, my mom had ovarian cancer for much of the early 90s. She went through, I think, 22 hospital stays and chemo sessions. And my dad was right there by her side the whole time. And, and then she beat it. And then dad got sick. And he was sick for, for a while. And so I, most of the 90s was one parent one or the thing other. or another yeah yeah and you know when people tell me that their dad or their mom uh you know is sick or has cancer or you know something something comes along i i could almost say okay which story do you want do you want me to console you and tell you it's going to be okay like after my dad died or do you want me to tell you she's going to beat it like my mom did mm-hmm. and tell you it's going to be okay it's going to be all right <laughs> yeah we we go we go both ways we had sure. you know one parent that wasn't supposed to to make it my mom beat ovarian cancer, which is just an impossible thing to beat. And then you have dad, you know, almost beating leukemia and then getting a pneumonia and not making it out of the hospital. It's, it's, that's, that's life, mm-hmm. you know? Um, it, 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 I guess destiny is what you want. Yeah. 
fate's what you get. <laughs> yeah, you don't always. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, but but what you make of that fate becomes your destiny. So, you know, you take the good with the bad and, mm-hmm. and you roll with it. And in my case, you know, my dad well, never got to see more than three issues, but we never stopped working to never stopped working to make the next one better. And and that's our motto to this day. And and a lot of things have changed, you know, in media, you know, we we made sort of a transition from being a a news reporting vehicle to just putting all that online and turning RacerX strictly into a lifestyle thing. Because you can't, you can't hold a story back. You know that better yeah. than anyone. Yeah. You can't say, huh, I know that the Grand Prix is going to be here, and I'm going to wait until the magazine comes out, and then it's going to be big news. Yeah. That just doesn't work. You know, <laughs> people know five minutes after you make up your mind, one way or another. So, so why, why try to hold back a great story um, or big news, I yeah, should say, yeah. because because by by its nature, you know, it's going to be online anyway. So you're, you're kidding yourself if you think that, you know, that's that's something that you're going to be able to hide for three weeks while the magazine's on the press. One thing that's always uh, uh, enlightened me is is how important a cover is to a magazine. How important something stands out in a newsstand of, you know, 300 magazines or six moto magazines or whatever, the cover. And then there's a political game of this is our advertiser. This is our team we want to help out. We haven't put this rider on the team. There's a lot that goes into it. You told me before, like the uh, Tony D, was it Pomeroy cover? What was that? Um, the black. That was the Charlie Moray cover. Yeah. Okay. That was, that was, um, we, we, thought that it would be cool to do a story on the moment that Tony D and the Jammer uh, ran into each other uh, at the, the 1974 uh, Highland Hills National in Ohio. And we had found Charlie Moray, the, the very distinguished photographer and editor of First Cycle News and Dirt Rider, and he's retired. And, and, and I called him and said, do you still have your photos from that day? And he did, and and I was like, we 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 consider that the best motocross photo of all time. Yeah, it's really neat. And he laughed, yeah. and he was like, well, I appreciate that, but I'm not sure <laughs> what you're getting at. And I said, if you have the rights to the photo, we'd like to run it on the cover of the magazine. And he was blown away. And um, we we talked to Tony D and the Jammer, and then as we're putting it together, I mentioned it to someone, and and I get a call, and of all people, Charlie Dunaway's. Dad, oh, okay, Charlie was yeah. a fast yep. pro from Ohio. Charlie's Dunaway, Charlie Dunaway's dad had filmed that day, and actually had film of the moment Tony D and the Jammer hit, and we were able to pull that together and put it out at the same time online. And it, it was just a, it was just a really cool deal, and um, it was definitely thinking outside the box. I mean, who? Who writes a magazine story about a moment, an yeah. inconsequential moment, <laughs> thirty years earlier, right? And gets gets eight pages, ten pages out of it, but but we somehow did it. But so the portrait of M. A. This this the fo- the black and white photo, the black and white photo of O'Mara, like you, you you spoke about. Those those are cool. Those are neat, but they don't necessarily sell, right? Like you really, the cover is huge uh, each and every month. So how do you how do you decide? Well, it was it was always easier when Jeremy McGrath or Ricky Carmichael were around <laughs> and Travis Pastrana. Pastrana, sure, yeah. Right there were three covers that you just had to do that yeah. year uh, because they sold so well and people, you know, and they always won and they were always doing something. Um, it's funny because but, but, yeah, I would, it, it, I would, it, it, I would it, pick it, up a oh, sorry I would pick up a magazine if I love a magazine I'm picking it up every month I don't care what's on the cover I know it's quality inside but 
not everybody does that, right? No, they they don't, and 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 you have to put a lot of thought into it, and you have to you know. There, I can't tell you how many hours I spent standing in front of newsstands, whether it's in an airport or a Barnes and Noble or right. a Books a Million or, or whatever, just staring yep. at covers. Just sure. what catches my eye? I've taught my kids to do this. And Vance and Son will, <laughs> you know, come and say, "Hey, look at this cover." Or, right. You know, it, it, it. You know, people's tastes change, things change, but, 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 but you're right. There's, there is a, there is sort of a roulette or a carousel mm-hmm. where you know. You know you're going to want to get Dungey on a cover. You know Tomac's going to earn a cover. You know, uh, you know this guy's going to want to mm-hmm. you know, earn a cover. You want to, you know, there's six manufacturers now basically, and they each want a cover. But you only have 12 issues in a, any given year, and and you know how, how do you how do you spread the wealth? You know, it's just so yeah. it's it's by it's by touch and feel. Yep. Uh, to be honest with you, um, but I will say that. Uh, our most recent cover, not the one that's at the printer now, but our most recent cover with Caleb Russell on the front is our first ever off-road cover. And the reason we put it on there is not because Caleb is my nephew uh, by marriage. He's uh, my my sister Carrie's stepson. Mm-hmm. It's because he's the best off-road rider on the planet, I believe. And I think a lot of other people believe that. Yet somehow... In his entire life, and I did not know this until he told me at the GNCC banquet where he earned his fourth straight championship, and he's two wins away from the all-time record, and he was on Team USA, you know, the first ever ISDE winner. Uh, he was the national enduro champion last year. All these things, he's never gotten a cover from Dirt Rider or Dirt Bike. And I just thought, how is that possible? Yeah. And I, I don't know enough to you know pick up the phone and call, and he's too shy to ever do that. But I was like, you know what? We'll give you a cover. <laughs> You've earned it, buddy. It's a sweet shot. And I, and I do yeah. believe he's earned yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I, I hope that um, I hope that he's not on those covers by just sheer coincidence. Um, and I even mentioned it to Chris Dennison a couple years ago. So I, I know that Chris and Kiefer and those guys listen. Uh, hey, time for a Caleb Russell cover. Yeah. Yeah, really, right? Um, <laughs> but, but I, you know, I can't tell someone else how to run a magazine. And mm-hmm. I'm sure they're thinking, hey, why would you wait so long to put an off-road guy on the cover? Because um, we've always covered off-road. We've just yep. never thought that, that it was the right time. But Caleb is such a transcendental rider now. You know, he's got a baker factory basically going for off-road, and, mm-hmm. and he's about to break the record for all-time wins. We just thought, now's the time. Yeah, and it's a sweet shot, for sure, which ha- which yep. is also part of the deal, right? Finding a, a yes, good shot. Yeah, absolutely part of the deal. Um, we talked about the Dogger story. We talked about the Jeff Emig story, uh, the JT story. Any other ones in the early years that you're especially proud of that I'm missing or skipping over? Is there is there some that you remember well and remember the work there, that there, put into there it? Were, there, were, there were just a, a bunch of stories. I, I, I There's a bunch of stories that I want to do. Now, you've always been this way every single time. I, I really right. want to do, and and like, for instance, I I actually promoted a race back in 1992, the Alcapulco Supercross. That was with you, Tommy Rios, I didn't know Pete that. Fox, right. uh, Greg Fox, and Todd Hicks. Uh-huh. We, we we got together at a GP in Holland, in Amsterdam, of all places, earlier that year. <laughs> I don't party. I, I was with Tommy Rios. He didn't. But the other boys were having a ball. Mm-hmm. It's Amsterdam, right? Right. And we're sitting there, and Tommy and I are just drinking beer, trying to 
you know, solve the world's problems. And, and he's like, I always wanted to do a race in Acapulco or in Mexico City, a yep. big supercross. And I'm like, well, I, I always want to promote a race. My dad's a promoter. And Fox Bros is like, oh, we always thought we'd do a really cool race. Anyway, from that idea, we kind of shook hands on it and said, all right, we're going to hold a race. Eight months later, there we were, building a track in Acapulco <laughs> at Club Costa. Robbie Raynard is there watering the track. Yeah. 14 years old. Mickey Diamond. Yeah, there. Diamond showed up, right? Yeah. Tassovich, Pedro <laughs> Gonzalez. Uh, it was hilarious. It was, it was, it was this RV would say, it was a shit show, man. But it was awesome. One day I'm going to tell the story. Yeah. Of yeah, that that's race. cool. I, I've also, I, I, I have a really hard story that I'm just trying to, I'm trying to, trying to land, but I've been working on it for five years. And it's a story about Jesse Masterpool. And, uh, it's about him, uh, his accident that cost him his life in 2009 and what happened to his father and his brothers and his mom ever since. And, you know, Jerry Masterpool has done more to help make amateur motocross safe than probably just about anyone except maybe, you know, the Brent or uh, Rick Down, um, Brett Downey's dad, sorry, Jim Downey, uh, who, who was just an ardent crusader for, for safety. And, and, and Jerry's like that, but we, we, worked together and shared so much together and i just i've got a fifty thousand word story that i got to get down to three thousand words and it's 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 very complicated because sometimes you get so close to a story that you have a hard time with it and you know i i equate sort of my loss of my father with 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 jerry's loss of his son jesse and um it's time to finish that story because believe it or not in the history of loretta lynn's there's only been one set of brothers where all three brothers won a Loretta Lynn's AMA Amateur National Championship, and it's the Masterpool brothers. Hmm. And, and, and it's, it's complicated because there are times when people accuse Jerry of being out in the infield and showing his kid lines and doing this and doing that, and I, I'm like, no, that's absolutely untrue. Jerry has never once said to me, let's do this because it would benefit his kid, or let's do that because it would benefit his kid. Everything he and I talk about is to benefit every kid out there. He's there to he's a safety crusader because he has suffered the worst the worst the sum I mean, of all yeah, fears yeah. is what Jerry went through to have a son die doing what he loves and then have two other sons who can't stop doing what they love and it's the same thing. It's motocross. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a really complicated story. When I finish that story, that'll be the story I'm most proud of. Oh, cool. I, 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 just, yeah. I just can't get... I, it's just got to figure out, right? Yeah, you don't have an endless... It's not the internet. It's a magazine. You yeah, got, it's yeah. Like doing, you know, it's like you doing a story on Tim Ferry. It's oh, never God. Gonna end. Oh, it's God. a lifelong... I'm passion. still waiting for you to give me the enough words and pages for that. Um. Yeah, it, 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 it'd, be, it'd be Tim Ferry year, not issue uh, year. Um, but but, but I, I, back, back to the cover thing. And, yeah. And, and just because it's, it's kind of funny. One year, Yamaha, when I was working for ESPN mm-hmm. and the magazine was up and running, Bob Starr at Yamaha mm-hmm. hired me to come in and, and give PR training to the three Yamaha team riders at the time. I said, I don't want any money. I'll do it for free. I'm you know, glad to help out an advertiser or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, the three riders were Heath Foss, Chad Reed, David Villeman and, and Tim Ferry was the fourth round. No, I would have been there then. That was I was yeah. a mechanic. You would have been there. Yeah. But the thing is, 
as we're sitting there talking, I'm explaining like, you know, how to, you know, shorten your line of sponsors, you're reading off your yeah. vendor and how to do this and how to do that and how to do that. Villeman raises his hand and goes, why am I not on the cover? <laughs> Is it, it's because I'm French, isn't it? And I'm like, no. And then, you know, Chad Reed raises his hand. He's like, well, I'm, why am I not on the cover? Why don't I get more covers? And all of a sudden, now Ferry and Timmy, or Timmy and yeah, Boss, boss. <laughs> he's Boss. like, why are we not on covers? And 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 the and the truth to the matter is, there was a reason they weren't getting covers. It was Yamaha's fault. Yamaha said everyone's got to wear blue and white, and yep. that's it. Yep. Blue and white. No no red jerseys. No no anything. No this. No that. And and Bob Starr's jaw about hits the table because I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, don't blame me. I mean, yeah. I, I can't do I can't do four blue and white covers in one year because you guys all look exactly the same. Yeah, and blue and white doesn't sell on a cover. That's why Time Magazine has a red border around it. That's why Sports Illustrated Life Magazine has right. Yeah, everything lit up. That's what you know. It's it, yeah. when you have guys in blue and white riding blue and white bikes on brown dirt. It's really hard to make that cover pop. Oh, interesting. And I'm like, if you yep. could get, just get your Yamaha to change their 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 corporate you know thing, well, guess what? They won't. That, that's yep. that's their deal. It's blue and white. So you got to get really creative. But sometimes, like for instance, this Caleb Russell cover. I believe it's in Cover Me that they explain the story. But we we got a kid named Colin Speckner. Uh, bless his heart, young kid, great photographer, mm-hmm. wants to be the next Simon Cudby, and but then again, so does everyone else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's a fantastic shooter. He goes and shoots Caleb, and has this phenomenal shot of him blowing up a berm, and uh, somehow Christy Lacarelle from KTM gets a glimpse of it and calls me and says, "You can't run that on the cover." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why not? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought we've been talking about running a, a yeah, off-road cover for years. Right, this is a good thing. She's like, but he's wearing yellow. And I'm like, well, that's the gear he had on that day. And yeah. she's like, it's against KTM's rules. You got to, you got to run. You know, this, this, this. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Well, fortunately, Colin Spector lives near Caleb Russell. Someone from TLD FedExed a new set of gear to Caleb, and they went out and they shot the exact same photo. <laughs> Again, with with the right yeah. with the right with the right color gear on, or or Caleb would have literally gotten in, in trouble with uh, his sponsor, and that's what happened with the Yamaha back in mm-hmm. you know, this is oh four. So yeah. Yeah. And Chad's winning the Supercross championship, and David is winning races, and Timmy is winning races, and Heath is you know the yeah. world Supercross right. champion, and I'm like guys, I, <laughs> yeah, help me, you know, yeah. I'm better off putting Ricky Carmichael on a Honda. Yeah. Uh, or Travis Pastrana doing a backflip, or Jeremy McGrath just doing anything. And then there's James Stewart, and then there's Kevin Windham, mm-hmm. and then you, know, you add it all up, and there's not enough covers to go around. Yeah. And sometimes it feels like that now. Like, it's it's really hard. Oh, but, yeah. I can imagine. Yeah, but but, but I, I will tell you, when Zach Osborne uh, won his first race, his first Supercross this year, I texted him and said, cover. Yeah. And he was like, are you, you know, literally, he's not <laughs> off the podium yet. Yeah. And I get a text back, are you kidding me? Are you serious? And... um I, I our next cover is a Jeff Cardi photo of uh, Zach Osborne. Yeah, yeah, it's a big deal. It's a lot of politicking. Your phone probably blows up from, uh, hey, we'll do, we'll, you know, we'll we'll advertise uh, more and more. We need a cover. We got to get this yeah, but, item but on. I you know? will never, so. ever, ever put someone on the cover because we're going to get more advertising. Yeah, that's never gone into it. It's always been 
is this the best cover for what we what we are what doing we in do, this yeah. issue? And is it time for this guy to have this cover? And is this the right shot? Mm-hmm. And and for instance, is the the um, Garth Milan shot the Ken Roxon cover of him on a two-stroke doing the homage to Jeremy McGrath. That issue had not gone to the printer when Ken broke his arm. He was wearing gear that Fox doesn't sell, riding a bike that Honda doesn't make. <laughs> yeah. But we were like, that bike has to be on the cover. That's the coolest freaking thing anyone has done in a really, really long time. Yep. And we put it on the cover, and, and so people are like, oh, see, cover curse. I'm like, dude, <laughs> yeah. his arm was broke before we chose the photo. Yeah, yeah, people. Well, in this case, you know, I didn't realize Zach was going to get an 18th uh, in Detroit over yeah. the weekend. Uh. But, you know, there is no cover curse, but I can tell you that Zach earned the cover with his other three wins, and we had a great Cardi photo, so that's the next cover. Uh, bigger... As, as you said, shit show, RV's favorite word. Picker shit show for you. Pingree's Chinese uh, bike story <laughs> or Pingree insulting the owner of a local Ohio pizza joint? It was honestly, first of all, you got to have, you got to love Pingree. Oh, yeah. uh, Pingree started writing for me, uh, for us, before we even, you know, before he was done racing. Yeah. And uh, in fact, he was doing a, a column, Electronic Ping. Before he beat James Stewart in the O2 Anaheim Supercross, <laughs> yeah, that, that's just, that's just uh, how how funny he is. He, he, he you know he, he writes great. a good yeah. column. He's really funny, and um, what's funny is uh, that night I walked up to him before the the uh, before the main event. No, I was in the middle of the, middle of the afternoon. Sorry, we had just gotten new stickers done for our columnist, and there was a Pingree Thirty Nine sticker, and I handed it to him. I said, here, man, you, 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 you've you made it. You finally got a Racer X column and sticker. And he's like, oh, that's awesome. And he goes out and he wins the main event. And it's like mind-boggling. And I remembered that I had David Villeman stickers. So I go find Villeman in the staging area. And I said, hey, this is good luck for Ping. So yeah. here's your sticker. And it says <laughs> Villeman 12. He goes out and wins the 250 main event. That was the race where Pastrana had it and like oh, yeah. something. Yep, yep. Second Anaheim. Uh, 2002. Yep. Anyway, to, just Pingree's always been really funny. He's taken chances and risk as a, as a journalist. His story, though, about going to the pizza place in New Philadelphia, Ohio, and and naming it by name and insulting the food and the woman and and and. I had no idea that we were going to get a slander and libel lawsuit, <laughs> but somehow that lady's grandkids or someone reads the magazine, showed it to her, and I didn't realize that she, he literally named the pizza joint, <laughs> and literally, you know, yeah. some of the things he said were, were, were ruinous to the business, yeah. and so we had, to, we had to settle out of court with her. Oh, um, it was, <laughs> yeah, Brian it was, Staley. It was, it, was four, it was four figures. It wasn't high four figures. Yeah, yeah. It was four figures. Now... The tornado. <laughs> the tornado. The Chinese bike. Right. When we got the call from the tornado people saying that they were going to sue us for David Pingree saying the bike was so bad, we laughed at them <laughs> and said, sue us. Go ahead. Because your bike is a death trap. <laughs> when, when the motorcycle couldn't get up Mount yeah. St. Helens, right. when, and Pingree was afraid to go back down Mount St. Helens because it was, it was just a, it was, yeah. it was horrible. We said, sorry, you're, you're, you're going to have to prove that that bike is not. Uh, if, it's, you, you, 
if you can get that bike inspected, yeah. we'll go to court. Yeah. But you're not going to get inspected because you know it's it's a piece of shit. <laughs> That's a great story. So, an all-timer. It was one of the great stories, and, and, and full respect for Pingree for going all in, like literally trying to enter a national with it, and and, and the throttle jockey brothers Matt and Robert yeah. making graphics for it. Mitch did some gear, work to it, right? Mitch did gear. some work. It was, tried to. Yeah. It was pretty funny. Yeah, no, both both stories for sure. Uh, last question for you here. Uh, it's no secret you touched on it earlier. Print is changing. Uh, everywhere you look, uh, magazines folding up, uh, newspapers letting people go. Um, it is a different world now, for sure. Where do you see it going? Where do you? I mean, obviously, you know, we we've put a lot of effort into the RacerX online side, and like you said, that's where um, you know where you go to get the timely stories. And and we try to tell people on our pods that hey, there's stories in the magazine that never get told online. It's not just a rehash of racing. That's a stigma that's out there. Like, oh, I know what happened. Well. Yeah, we don't write, you know, Detroit Supercross in the latest I- issue. You know, we just don't do that. But no, but we've already covered it to death. Yeah, you know, yeah. between but because you can't keep you can't keep the genie in the bottle, so to speak. You can't you can't keep the lid on. But we opened Pandora's box long ago, long ago when it comes to to media and and maybe I can put it into perspective by telling you the story. Brian Steely was the one who who said, "Hey, we got to have a website." Mm-hmm. And this was before we this back in the newspaper days. He's like, "Man, we got to have a website." And I was like, "Oh, cool. Does that mean I can get one of those email things?" <laughs> yeah. And he's like, "The internet what email thing." I was like, "People send emails. I've never how do you, how's all that work?" Right. Well, Brian goes to work on it and he builds us our first website. And it's like, "Oh my god, this is awesome." So we decided at that point that we were going to use the website for 29 days. Or at that point, you know, it was a mm-hmm. newspaper, so it could have been 29 days, it could have been 39 days, it could have been 49 days. Yeah. We were, we were pretty loose with our newspaper <laughs> deadlines. Um, we, we were going to use the website to remind people that on that 30th day, the newspaper was going to come out. And you had to go get it, look mm-hmm. for it in your mailbox, whatever. Yeah. And it's going to have all the big news in it and all the cool stuff. Well, as, as social media came, came onto being, and, and online just grew out of control, and all of a sudden everyone had iPhones and this and that. We made the decision really early on, like, look, we cannot keep a lid on all this stuff. Why don't we take the magazine and, and literally make it the sidecar, the, 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 the caboose to the online part of it? Let's make Racer X Online as big as we can. Let's put all the news there. Let's put all of the information there. Let's put everything we can there. And let's use the magazine for perspective. Instead of reminding people for 29 days that the magazine comes out on the 30th day, we just spent 30 days mm-hmm. doing Racer X Online. The magazine is meant to be that tangible item that you can pick up on the newsstand that tells that long-form story that gives you the absolute best photos, the thing that you want to lay on your coffee table, the thing you want to take with you on the airplane, or the thing you want to you know, keep in a box. Um, there's always going to be a need for that. It's getting to be smaller and smaller, though. And, and more and more kids. Um, now, I don't care if you're Playboy magazine, if you're Transworld magazine, mm-hmm. or you're any magazine, yep. uh, you're, you're, you're facing an existential crisis right now in that there's a generation of kids coming up that don't even know what a magazine is. That's scary. And right? they, they're, yeah. they're not going to get used to reading magazines and newspapers. They're not even going to be reading books pretty soon. Everything's going to be 
online, in a tablet, on a phone. But there will still be a market, just a smaller market, for people who, who like holding a magazine in their hands. And, and, and the demographic of people read magazines is getting older, literally, yeah. by the day. Yeah. Uh, but th- those, those people will never make that adjustment to uh, reading things online or whatever. But you can't, you can't bank on them. You can't run a business this big based on the amount of people that buy a magazine. But you can, on the amount of people who buy a magazine and go online, and mm-hmm. look at your social media, and you know, follow you on Facebook, and go to the dirt bike races. All that stuff, it has to add up now. You can't just be a one-trick pony and say, this is what we do. Um, I, and I can remember like juggernauts, like Cycle News, and, and telling Paul Carruthers, man, you, you guys have got to do something. You've got to become the rolling stone of motocross. Become a bi-weekly. Uh, you know, get away from publishing all the results. Yeah. Instead, yeah. do do all bits and pieces. Just give people the little liner notes, the things that they want, the gossip, the in the wind. And, yep. and he couldn't get the people that he worked with uh, to sort of change that until it was too late. Mm-hmm. And Cycle News failed to, to go to print. Um, you know, it's still there, and thank God, because, you know, there's, like I said, you know, before, there's a place in the Hall of Fame for Kit Palmer for yep. all he's done, all the journalists he's raised. But unfortunately, the, 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 the platform that he had, which was the weekly Bible of motorcycle racing, is now online exclusively since, what, 2011? Yeah. Yep, and, like um, you know, a lot of magazines like MX Racer and Motocross Journal, uh, they, they, they've all, you know, the freestyle magazines, they, they, they've all gone by the wayside because uh, you, you just can't make it. It's it, it takes more than the amount of magazines we sell and the amount of advertising in the pages of the magazine for us to keep the doors open. It takes all the stuff we do online. It takes all the films, podcasts, mm-hmm. T-shirt sales, anything we can do uh, to, to augment it. But we're not going to give up on, on having Racer X Illustrated. I just wish that, that there was a way that we could do exactly what you said, which is to let everyone know out there that there is this magazine called Racer X, and it is much different than what you see online. And I know that Don at Transworld has the same challenge, and Jody yeah. at MXA has the same challenge, and Cycle World and Dirt Rider and on and on. We, we're all in this sort of ship, and we're pale in water. <laughs> I mean, it, it is sinking a little bit, and I'm not sure like what the landscape will look like. Yeah. In, in five years, but but um, that's but scary. That's why we got that's, online, yeah. And I feel like we we caught that wave at the perfect time, and uh, that is the single best decision I ever made. Was saying, okay, Brian, let's have a website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> and uh, yeah. we we beat all the big dogs uh, to the punch, so to speak. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, cool, Davey. Thank you for doing this. Uh, congratulations on twenty years of Racer X Magazine, and uh, I'm sure there'll be more to come, as you said. Uh, real cool stuff. The the early issues were unbelievable, and it's neat that I get to play a part in it. And you know, this last last issue, you guys said, hey, go go talk to Ryan Villapoto. Go find out what he's doing, you know? And, and, yeah, and, and I, I, I appreciate that. And, and you know what? I, I appreciate there, there are people out there that have been a subscriber since day one uh, who, who may be long gone from the motocross business or hadn't yeah. thrown a leg over a bike for years. And, and I appreciate them very, very much. I appreciate every rider that, that has ever uh, let us interview him or take photos of him or, or, or do anything. And every advertiser has ever... Uh, you know, believed in us 
especially in those early years when we had really barely any newsstand, you know, yeah. barely any subscribers, but we had a we had an idea, and 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 our, it was it was our goal to do same thing we're doing now, tell our stories and 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 and, and play motocross twenty four seven, and um, you know. It's 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 been it's been a wonderful ride and and I look forward to the next twenty years. Right on, Fly Racing uh, Racer X podcast with Davey Coombs. Thanks, Davey, for doing this, and uh, we'll see you at the races, man. All right, see you at the races, and uh, I appreciate it. Thanks, Steve. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, it, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. You know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pit and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My my ego got in the way, you know. The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the years.